Clitus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to another exciting fun-filled gun blazings episode of the hell ming power hour and just as always i can't do this show without my buddy my best friend my partner my iced tea <laughs> mr danny bennett what's up man i'll always be the iced tea to your christopher lambert or the other way around you know depending on how i'm feeling that's taste tea <laughs> taste tea <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, this is going to be an excellent show. Uh, this is a movie that we dug up that we were fans of back when our friendship first got starting to blossom. And uh, so we're going to talk about the great 1997 overlooked classic. Is it a classic, Danny? You know what? I'm not sure that it's a classic, but I am going to say that after rewatching this and, and loving it so much in the past, I think it's every bit as good as it ever was. And And if you take the time to take this recommendation and check it out, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I can't call it a classic, but it's Mean Guns, man. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I remember the day that you brought it over. Or did we pick this one up at work? I can't remember. Man, I don't know. I think I had it. I think I had a VHS that I got off cable. Yeah, I think that's right. You're like, man, you got to see this. It's called Mean Guns. It's got iced tea in it. <laughs> and I was like, sure. <laughs> That's not an inappropriate reaction. It's not. It's just <laughs> there is tons of things to pop up and talk about in this movie for sure. So it's it is going to be a fun episode. I think before we get any further, you know, since since we've been kind of kind of lax on these things, we need to get into what did you watch? Oh, absolutely. Let's see. We got our theme song, and it goes kind of like this. you watch Danny did you get to watch anything this week oh man this actually this week I did watch I watched uh, I watched the Castlevania series that came on Netflix cool it was okay it's okay I've heard people kind of going crazy about it yeah (laughs) what did you watch (laughs) I watched uh, this movie it's got Sally Field in it and I'm trying to remember what all happens in it but it's got Sally Field she she's getting married 
and then she oh. like leaves the the wedding and gets with this guy in a car and they take off and the sheriff's after them I think it's uh, oh. Smokey and the Bandit I think is what it's called Smokey and you ever seen that I'll have to check that out I've never heard of it yeah it's it's pretty good guy gets in a car and she's in there and they jump over a bridge it's it's pretty good you say they had I cheese it's in like there like a classic got so what a guy gets in the car and the, did you say a guy gets in the car and there's cheese in there yeah there's cheese in there like <laughs> like whole back seats full of cheese absolutely that's what they're hauling across to uh, to Atlanta I think something like that wait so it, I don't know all the the ins and outs of the movie I just you know got the high points because you know I was busy ironing so but it, hey, it was a good are, one man are you but sure this what, wasn't Cannibal Run. This is Cannibal Run, right? Cannibal Cannibal Run. No, Cannibal it's Run. Not cannibal. Me. <laughs> Which totally makes sense. Cannibals <laughs> Run. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> All right. And you, did you watch anything else? Was that it? Nope. Okay, that's it for what did you watch? Alright folks, we'll be right back after this. The Hailming Power Hour is brought to you by Danny Bennett's sauna. Let off some steam, Bennett, and loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! There's an old Australian stockman lying and dying. And he gets himself up on the window elbow and he turns to his mates who are gathered around and he says... Welcome back to the wild, wild world of the wild. I'm your host, Beef McVittles. Today's letter comes from Kate Sawyer from Alaska. She writes, Dear Beef, I'll run a bait and tackle shop. Usually do quite well, but as of late... I'm being raided by a wild polar bear. He comes in looking for food, tears up my shop, and scares away my customers. I don't know what to do. Please help, Kate. Sounds like you've got one heck of a problem. But don't worry, Beef McVittles is on the job. First thing you want to do is cut a large circle in the ice. Then you'll want to bait the trap. You may not know this, but a polar bear's favorite food is actually green peas. Surround the circumference of the circle with the green peas, then find a good spot to lay in wait. When the bear comes up to take a pea, you kick him in the ice hole. Hope that helps, Kate. Tune in next week when I help a man who has a squirrel grabbing at his nuts. All right, everybody, welcome back. So, yeah, we're going to jump into this 1997 classic Mean Guns with Christopher Lambert, Ice-T, all kinds of people. And before we do that, before we take a trip into the time machine, back to 97, which may be the least time back that we've done. Have we ever done one that's newer than 97, Danny? I don't think so. I don't think we have. This may be the wow. uh, the most recent movie we've covered. Right. Shortest I, trip, I guess. I don't Well... No, no, because uh, because uh, Gross Point Blank was 96, 95. 
before we can jump into the time machine, you know we have to have our sponsors. Um, I got to go back in time and go visit uh, the witch by accident. We revealed the name of the newest chicken. I, I, we haven't done it on this show, but his name's Super Cluck. And uh, he did a real nice job of getting me there and getting back, even though he got attacked while we were there. But everything's cool. So I'm hoping Super Cluck's ready to go. So uh, before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First one I got, or really the only one I got today, or just because we've been kind of busy, but I got Justin Morris's Budget Burials. And their motto is cheaper and deeper. Wow. That you name know, right there. When you think cheaper, you think it's going to be shallow, but no way. That's. Yep. So, so head on down there because uh, you know, right. they have nothing but good things to uh, say for their clients yep. because their clients really aren't going to argue. Yep. Um, They're dying to get in there. Oh, snap. <laughs> and uh, I managed to uh, secure us a Dean Martin's Dry Rub Company. It's yes. a treat for your meat. That's right. Oh, Dean does it right. <laughs> he really, he really works me. it in there. I can attest. That's right. <laughs> All right, so you know what that means. It's time to jump into the time machine. Set it, set the Wayback Machine to 1997. Here we go. Oh, I'll never get used to this. Oh, it's old hat now. We got it. That sucker. <laughs> oh, you know. All right, 1997, man. Uh, I don't remember 1997. Do you? Um, well, we knew each other in 1997, didn't we? That's why it's a blur. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, it seems like uh, we've just been right. here. Yeah. Um, well, we may have. I don't know. It wasn't that long ago for sure. To us. Because we're getting old. <laughs> All right, folks, so we've, we've decided to change things up a little bit. Uh, we rarely share enough love for other shows and other podcasters. So taking over the synopsis role, we decided to reach out to other podcasters and people that listen to the show and people that just need shows promoted. And we're going to start letting them do the synopsis for us. And this week for Mean Guns, we've got the only one and only Angry Ginger, Mr. Matthew Tangen. Hey guys, this is Matt the Angry Ginger from the Bad, the Weird, and the Cheesy podcast. A long-time listener of the Hail Ming Power Hour. I've been there since day one. I was so was super excited when uh, Ricky Morgan asked me to come out and do a synopsis for this new movie they're putting out on the next podcast. By new movie, I mean old movie. Uh, 1997's Mean Guns, starring uh, the OG Ice-T and... Highlander Christopher Lambert. Uh, this is a crazy movie. I mean, basically, Ice-T is trying to get revenge on a bunch of dudes, so he drops like 100 people into a derelict prison with as many guns and weapons they could possibly use and says, here, fight this out for $10 million. Now, you might say to yourself, $10 million isn't a lot of money, but you know, remember, this is 1997. Now, IMDb rated this movie 5.7 out of 10. I don't take really big uh, interest in what these ratings say. This is a cheese fest. Enjoy it. Uh, now, I'm going to leave it to Rick and Danny to give you the reasons why to watch this movie. Rick and Danny, take it away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you, Matt. Appreciate that, buddy. Thanks, so, Matthew. Uh, yeah, and you need to check out his show, The Bad, Weird, and the Cheesy, and, and it's it's a lot of fun. So he, he carries, he watches some stuff that you don't need to watch. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. His his selections are are all over the place. But you know, one of the things I love about Matthew is when I see him on on Facebook or something, somebody will bring up a movie and he's always got an opinion about it. And just like us, he has a tendency to go, oh, you know, it's not a great movie, but yeah. you can have it's fun got that with one it. one part in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much like this great one. So, on. Danny, I'm going to let you kick it off because this is kind of one of yours, man. Why do we watch Mean Guns? Why do we watch Mean Guns? Well, I'm going to have to say that the first reason and the most overdone reason in this is Ice-T. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say the, the first reason I've got to watch Mean Guns is Ice-T. He delivers all these monologues and speeches all these badass challenges to people and throughout the whole thing he just kind of keeps the the boundaries in place for this game that he's set up and he's just he's great he's every bit the uh, the cheesy mob boss villain that you need for a movie that's just this this hokey yeah yeah i mean he and this is early ice tea too and he's just piling it on man my number one reason ties into what we're talking about because the way Ice-T handles that gun at the beginning after the dialogue and he's shooting the guy and he just does yeah. his arms in the air it's just ridiculous <laughs> looking man and it, it's, it's awesome just, you gotta see it it's well <laughs> it's awesome but it's entertaining it's just like he really acts like he doesn't know how to use a gun at all <laughs> I so so I, I saw that too and I won't I won't beleaguer the point but I'm gonna have to say that uh I think what happened there was they didn't have any blanks in the gun or anything. Right. I think he was... So he just, because, like, the, the barrel of the gun is off the, the screen, and he's supposed to be shooting this guy. So I think he's just, like, he's just hammering his arm to make it look like the gun is firing. <laughs> and and then and then they show the guy, like, falling back, like, oh, uh, uh, you know, so, so it's kind of like... It was just a, a time-saving measure or something. I, I saw it too, and I was like, "Man, it's like it's like he's 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 trying to punch you in the face with the barrel of the gun or something. Like he's just <laughs> kind of wiggling it, yeah. it around." That's really what it's like. It's like he's punching in the air with just having a gun in his hand. So it's it's ridiculous looking, but you know, I think it's one of those things that you stop and have to look at. It's just great. <laughs> All right, going out of that, what you got? Well, you know, while we're talking about that, I just wanted, like, I sent a soundbite of Ice-T to kind of point out what we're talking about, and it was, uh, it was the one titled Betrayed by the Syndicate. Yeah, it goes just like this. You have all betrayed the Syndicate. Maybe in little ways over a long period of time. Maybe once. Maybe one big time. Maybe something in between. You blab, you stole, you plotted, you saw too much, maybe you did too little. Now your individual sins are written right on the cards right in front of you. But I'm sure you know, and we all know, what happens to those that betray the syndicate. <laughs> I don't know, man. What more do you want? What more do you want? Uh, just the fact of... Ice-T being a bad guy, pointing out everybody else's flaws. <laughs> it's just comical in itself. <laughs> hey, hey, it's just like right after, or maybe it was right before Cop Killer when he was playing a cop. <laughs> just a few years ago, he was playing a cop. Hail me. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Ice-T Ice is a dichotomy wrapped in an enigma. Uh, he's wrapped, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Rapper. Uh, okay, so my next reason, <laughs> just to show you how ridiculous this thing goes, when everybody's coming in, they're being frisked and everything to come in, 
And the next reason to watch this movie is for the entrance guard with obvious <laughs> fake fangs. vampire fangs, man. <laughs> yeah, man. There's this scene. That they're they're all coming in, and they're they're taking them. They're 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 um, they're like you said. They're frisking them. They're 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 running them down for their guns. And one of the guys starts like getting an attitude. And the, Dude, just and the guy at the door just he's he's got. He's got these these ultra white fangs in his mouth that don't look like they match up at all. They don't match at all. And it's not gone back to no nobody's nobody's ever going back to the vampire gunman at the door. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous and it's absolutely fine. I mean, that was the first thing when I saw. I was like, oh yes, yes. If anything sets you up for this movie and has nothing to do with this movie, <laughs> it's the dude with the vampire fangs for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> And you know, I, I I started looking up Albert Pune, who wrote this, who also did um, or he, he didn't write it, he directed it, and he also did uh, uh the Sword and the Sorcerer early oh, on. Yeah. I noticed, and like, he just cranks out movies, man, and a lot of them have I stay in them. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah, he. But a lot of people, most of the people in this movie is people he used in a bunch of different movies, and he just put them all together in one movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and you know, um. Okay, so so this will segue directly into my next reason for watching, and my next reason for watching, which they, I think they steal the show. It's Haas and Crow, right? The, oh uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. There are these two criminals that are there. You know, everybody who's there betrayed the syndicate, right? You know, and but these two guys are, are they work together? They're like brothers, you know, like they finish each other's sentences. And I also have to point out that one of the two guys um, is is Yuji Akamoto, you know, who right. played a. Uh, who played the bad guy in, in Karate Kid Karate 2? Kid part 2, that's right. And the <laughs> right. other guy, did you know who the other guy is? Um, it's Tom, he's it's in the Tom Return Matthews. of the Living Dead movies, isn't he? Yep, Return of the Living Dead, also in your favorite Friday the 13th movie, part 6. Is he in part 6? Yeah, he's Tommy. He's the one that goes out and actually digs up the grave and rams the, the metal rod through it. Nice. But yeah. these two guys, back to Mean Guns, these two guys, they, they have a <laughs> charisma about them. I have a couple well, of just, sound bites of theirs. Like, just say it. Just but, say it. It, yeah. it, it. You've always said, you know, between Gross Point Blank and this movie, these two, these characters kind of remind us of us. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So here they are kind of describing what's going on. Let me get the rules straight. We kill everybody else before they kill us, and we get $10 million? That's it, $10 million. $10 million, simple enough. Yep. But it's only a... The last three alive to get the money. The last three? What if it's only two? Well, he wasn't that specific. He wasn't that specific? Yeah, he wasn't that specific. He didn't say. He didn't say. No. <laughs> the, the, the noise in the background is somebody that they've just hanged on some kind of a factory machine and, and the yeah, guy's like, like dangling behind them yeah it's like a big conveyor for like dry cleaning or something and, and they just hung the dude up there and killed him and he's like swinging by and they're just nonchalantly talking about now wait a minute let's get the rules straight again well, so, and yeah. the, the bravado, like you said, that we used, that, that we ha- had um, when we were, especially at this point, you know, the whole like, well, what if there's only two? Like, obviously, it's just going to be us, right? <laughs> I, I just love those two guys, and and they chew up the scenery. And there's a couple other points that we'll we'll bring up, but right. And before that, but when you when you go back to the introduction of everybody coming in, this is this has that that typical, you know, uh, enter the dragon. Um, quick and the dead kind of ensemble where you bring everybody together and you give them the rules and everybody starts you know throwing their parts in and <laughs> so you got Ice-T up here telling all of them here's the rules 
uh, you know, a hundred of you are here and only three walk out. There's $10 million, $10 million <laughs> as the winner. And then he asks any questions and you get random long beard <laughs> guy that's in the back and you get this. Why don't you kill us? <laughs> give a guy a call. Let me know what's going on. Who got took out? That way I'll know when my game's over. The number's right on the back of your car, right in front of you. There's phones all over this joint. Now, if any one of you gets a bright idea and tries to leave this ballpark, you'll be disqualified. Permanent. Permanent. It's the deadliest game. True test of your skills, whether real or imagined. Question. What the hell are you talking about, man? <laughs> and just a random dude that you never see anywhere else. I mean, it's it's such a Sam Raimi moment. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that might be why I love this so much. I mean, it's got the whole most dangerous game element to it. It's got the whole tournament feel. It's kind of the same reason I like the Quick and the Dead. You know, True. like you've got some really flavorful characters. They're all killers. You've got a really simple game, and I yep. just I just kind of love it for all those reasons. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it really fits in that formula, but it is, I have to say it, super 90s, man. I mean, a lot of the camera shots, the way things are done, it, it, it's definitely 90s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Which mean, is not a bad thing. I mean, it's just, I mean, you're just watching it and you're going, yeah, I, I know exactly what time frame this came out. You know, everything after Pulp Fiction has a, has a certain feel to it, and this one's definitely it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that whoever wrote the dialogue, you know, had a lot of lofty goals in mind, you know, and they, they were trying to do kind of a, a Quentin Tarantino-esque kind of um, kind of kind right. of quip, quip-based dialogue. There are a couple of places where they they try and have, like, quips back and forth, and it just falls short. And, and here's, okay, so my next reason to watch the movie is randos in the prison. Like, just every time you need the characters that you're following to break bad, then you've got probably the same guys wearing a hat and sunglasses oh, that just got killed a minute ago, or a wig. I mean, like, like three quarters of the way through, when you think everybody else is dead, some guy comes through looking like Donnie Wahlberg with like a with like a kangaroo hat and and a mustache, and he and his whole purpose is to like look around frightened and then get killed by one of the main characters. That's his yeah. whole point. Like I never saw that guy. That guy never would have made it this far. But but like yeah. you know that's that's his whole like and and like I said it's the same guys repurposed every time you know there's right. a bunch of guys looking like the Black Panthers you know they're wearing like berets and leather jackets one guy has an eye patch you know he <laughs> is like Dennis Rodman with an eye patch <laughs> yeah it's like Dennis Rodman <laughs> with an eye patch but Dude. let me take a minute just to say watch this movie oh my god just watch it please. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's kind of difficult to find. Well, it's difficult to find for free, but uh, yeah, I actually had to kind of rent this one to check it out, and it has been a long time. But yeah, man, it's it's got a lot of fun stuff in it. Which brings me to my next reason. The two guys we talked about a while ago, which is Crow and Hess, are, are people we were talking about that I like more than anything else in the movie, but they're all in the elevator together with these other people, and they've got this mambo song which is another reason to watch this movie but this mambo song plays pretty much through the whole movie yeah and they're yeah, in the elevator and it's playing through the muzak and they start doing the cabbage patch to it i mean they just break out and start dancing and everybody else is in there just so serious and you know it's just another funny little quip that's in there that's it just makes this kind of enjoyable 
So yeah, yeah, they keep they keep the mood I mean, if, as if the mood wasn't light enough already. You know, it, it's it, there's a bunch of killers, but I mean, there's nothing serious in this movie. No, but no. these two guys like bring the comedy to it. They're like, oh well, you know, we kill people, but let's dance. You know, they're just they're they're awesome. I will say, and like you were saying earlier, because they shoot the movies in such a fast pace, but you can tell they actually were having fun making this movie. I, I think you can kind of tell that throughout. Everybody was having fun with it. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I'm, I'm not going to argue. I, I had fun watching it, so I don't know why you wouldn't have fun making it. All right, what's next, man? <laughs> All right. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to I'm going I'm to show this side of it. Um, Tina Cote, who plays the uh, the prostitute Barbie. Yep. She's the reason to watch the movie. Yep. This 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 girl, you know, mm-hmm. she's a stereotypical prostitute in a gangster movie. She's wearing a fur coat and a little black dress. And she's kind of in there, not because she betrayed anybody, but because uh, her her John or her boyfriend was saying, oh, it'll be all right, come on, let, let's go. And she he just drags her along. And then, you know, from that point on, like her boyfriend elbows her in the face. And, you know, when, when all the, you know, when all the, 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 the stuff goes down. And uh, and from then on, she's just running scared. But yep, she's pretty hot. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is, as the tables turn on this, she starts using, as they say, sex as a weapon. So she starts drawing them in, and and teasing them, and then you know, then she does some damage to them. So yeah. uh, one thing I will say about this movie is, you got three female roles in this that could all be victims. Well, one of them's not. One of them is super bad. A <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> and, like uh, Trinity or something. Yeah, she's, yeah. D she's D pretty... is bad news. She's she's awesome. Yeah, but you, the cool. other two are, are victims that step up, you know, step up to the plate and start delivering on their own. So you you know you get all these roles. So you know people keep talking about how you know Wonder Woman's this big breakthrough you know movie for women, but man, you can go back and see this stuff in a lot of movies if you just pay attention. There's some there's some bad women in this movie. Well, I think nowadays if you don't make a superhero movie, you're not making a movie because they're they're so mega popular. And right. so it, it's it's more the the point. It, there there have been heroes. I mean, just look at the Matrix. You know, Trinity was was every yep. bit as 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 tough. But you know, it's the whole billing. It's the, the the top billing in the movie thing. But I hear you, and and I don't disagree. I think that this movie has a, a number of really interesting characters. And I've said what I had to say about uh, Tina Cote, who is is also in also in a bunch of the Robert Pion movies. Um, yep. And I'll just move on from there and say, we talked about Crow and Haas, the other group, the kind of one you're supposed to root for, maybe. I don't know. It's got Christopher <laughs> Lambert, and it's got this British guy in it that I've never seen in anything else, but he, he nails it being halfway between, what, like like a yeah. Mick Jagger and, and uh, Lyle Lovett, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was going for? <laughs> That's what he looks like. Just picture a halfway between Mick Jagger and Lyle Lovett, and you got this guy, and he's kind of your... your he's kind of your protagonist really like he's been put there you know it turns out that on his card well i won't get into the ah sure why not i'll get into the end at the end his card says you're the one who lives right you know like like everybody believed that he was going to make it but that being said another thing i like about this so you got this d you got the mick jagger guy you got christopher lambert and then you've got like this uh i don't know this this turncoat who uh who was an accountant who squealed, you know, and she's got pictures and, and she was going to turn state's evidence. So, um, you know, got that pigeon there with them. 
and the four of them are kind of the people you follow who, who you think might make it but that being said by the end of the movie you don't know who's going to make it Right. They well, do a really good job four, being like, well, everybody's The, the four of them die. all hate each other. So, well, I mean, the girl at the accountant has no idea what's going on, but the other three all really dislike each other, and, but they're they're kind of convinced that they have to team up to try to make it through this thing. So that makes it interesting. And being that you brought up Christopher Lambert, my next reason, I don't know if it's a reason to watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> The first time you see Christopher Lambert and he looks up and he sees Ice-T, you get one of the most unnecessary <laughs> flashback scenes I've ever seen in my life. And yeah. Just the sound of it alone. I'll give you a sound bite of what the flashback is like. Oh, do it. <laughs> and it just flashes from face to face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you guys might think that he looped that twice, but he didn't. No. It just keeps going back and forth. And, <laughs> and that's the second sense. time that's done. Like like when they go after the accountant in the in the subway at the beginning, like like there's a thing where they're flashing from a front view of her to a back view and she's just walking. And they do the same thing. It's like it flashes back and forth like nine times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I mean like, like so, they, had a, so, they had a new game they so were playing. We gotta all. have a reason why Christopher Lambert doesn't like IST. What's that gonna be? I don't know. Uh there's something that happened in the past. Well, what is it? I don't know. We'll figure it out later. We'll just do a flashback. <laughs> and that's what they did. <laughs> I mean, Christopher Lambert shows up with a little girl, like a little six-year-old girl in his, in his car for no reason. It's explained later, but I mean, it's kind of like, why, why do you, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's super strange, but it, it, it's fun. All right, man. What you got next? Well, you know, they're... they're there are a number of these these like showdown scenes, you know, and and I'm just gonna point out one of them where um, Ice T's talking to a guy who who broke his way into the control room and, and clicks out a knife, and Ice T's I would have thrown that knife by now, and the guy like you know scoffs and then like says, well, you know I just need answers, and he's like I can't give you answers, but I would have thrown that knife by now, and he's like, oh well. If you can't give me the answers, then, you know, Ice-T just, just jacks him right there and shoots him. And he's like, I told you, don't hold the knife, throw the knife. You know, it's just... <laughs> and there's a bunch of that in there where there are these unnecessarily yeah. long, like, showdown scenes. Right. But I didn't hate them. Like, all the really cheesy dialogue delivered cheesily. Like, it was fine. I, I didn't have... I didn't feel like, okay, let's hurry this up. I mean, maybe a couple times, but most of the time it was like, ah, oh, you know, it's it's just it's just good, you know, showdown at the OK Corral kind of... Kind of killers season each other's up stuff. <laughs> I'm glad you're getting into the actual kind of the fight scene stuff because that's my next reason. Before Battle Royal. Yeah. Before uh, uh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. <laughs> there was Mean Guns. <laughs> it's true. And uh, it's it's very true because it's kind of the same thing but when they've got them all down there and they've given them the rules and then they dump all the guns and everybody's grabbing the guns and trying to shoot each other but there's no ammunition but then they drop all the bats and the ammunition at the same time so you got people trying to load guns but other people picking up aluminum ball bats and just whacking people that are trying to load guns and that's awesome that whole scene is yeah fantastic so everybody like reaches down, grabs their guns, and then then there's this weird like stop motion. That's another '90s thing, like this stop motion thing of them all turning, trying to shoot each other. It's all just clicks because they got no yeah. bullets. Right. And then what do they do next, Rick? 
they they drop the ball bats and the ammunition that goes to all the guns over the edge of this balcony at the same time down on the people that are on the floor that have the weapons and right. like i said it just turns into complete chaos man people picking up bats that are whacking people that are trying to load guns people trying to find the right bullets for the right gun people actually getting the gun loaded and shooting people running at them with ball bats there people just strangling i mean it's just it's just a, a free-for-all crazy right. battle going on and this is this is three years before battle royale and yeah. you know and, and it's it's way before you know suzanne collins did the hunger game but there you go you got the cornucopia right there whole bunch of killers dump all the you know dump all the weapons out and then you make sure you dump the ammunition along with baseball bats and just watch it go and yeah. Yeah, that's how I sell it. I say, you know, this guy dumps all these empty guns down. These guys grab them, and then he dumps all the bullets down with baseball bats. And everybody from that point on goes, what? What is this movie again? Because <laughs> it's just a great intro. Yeah. yeah it's fantastic. What you got next? Okay. Um, I've got a sound clip with this one. It's called Bad Hair Guy, and I'll explain why. Because... Haas and Crow are, are in the middle of this, and they're like, well, they're trying to figure out how close they are at the end. So they're they're kind of doing a tally of how many people they've killed, but they don't know anybody's name. So they just kind of make up nicknames for all the people they killed and talk about where they killed them. And uh, I'll let the soundbite take it away from there, but it's hilarious. See who's dead? Yeah, ours to the tally. Six, maybe six, I don't know. I got two in the warehouse. I got one. Black guy. Uh, bad hair guy. Six. Uh, staircase guy. Seven. This guy. Eight. Is that all? Yep. No, no. Yeah. No, there was yeah. three in the warehouse. Uh, Blackie, bad hair guy, big guy. Uh, uh, staircase guy, this guy, and... Uh, Screamer. Screamer, bingo, man. Yo. <laughs> so they're enjoying this, uh, man, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, screamer, 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 oh, screamer, screamer. Nine. Yeah, yeah. All right, so and, you know, bad hair guy, like the guy that they've got hanging behind him in that other sound cup. He's got this this huge like like big like wavy locks and like like a like a mustache. You know, obviously like a, a wig. And, you know that that's probably a bad hair guy. But <laughs> I, I've always loved that. And you know, right after that scene, um, uh, guy from Karate Kid too jumps up on the the gate and he goes, "I am not an animal." <laughs> I almost got that sound bite. <laughs> and, and, and then like, the other guy, yeah, it was right after that. Like I almost kept it going, but you know. Yeah. And then then uh, then Crow looks at him like he's stupid, and he like yeah. jumps down, kind of kind of like, "Oh, that joke didn't play." Well, also that's when you find out too that when you find it out earlier, but there's no escaping this setup. You're locked in, <laughs> but if you do happen to get out, they got snipers on the roof. So they can take you out at any time. So nobody's leaving alive except when it gets down to the number it's supposed to be. So, again, it's that same setup that we talked about with Battle Royale or, or Hunger Games, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, But this is just a, a bit more bare-knuckled, you know. Uh, the reasoning behind it is you're just a bunch of bad guys. So it's pretty cool. Next thing I got would be... Uh, <laughs> when they go into the whole uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears story <laughs> and try yeah. to use that as a reason of how you win the game and it's like yeah you guys are losing me so but, yeah but when the bears are, are cannibal cannibalistic bears and then you got Goldilocks and when they get home you got Goldilocks <laughs> I want to be the mama bear and then it's just you're like yeah I, uh, I'm sure there was a reason that this was wrote this way but 
it's it's not giving me any information that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so I guess as a parable to explain that they they'll get the ten million dollars or say they have the ten million dollars to lure the rest of the people to a place to kill them. Yeah, like you said, you know, he, he does the Goldilocks and three bears, but they're cannibalistic bears, and so they get Goldilocks to lure more bears. Like it's dumb, <laughs> and uh, and Christopher Lambert is crazy. So you know, he he, yeah. he like throws you know like you said, I want to be the mama bear. You know, he throws in there. But then D, who you were talking about, you know, who's a badass, she says, I don't get it. And yeah. Lou says, of course you don't get it. You're stupid. <laughs> and from that point on, he just kind of keeps calling her stupid. And uh, and that's pretty damn funny. I mean, like, because, you know, I got the point, you know, and, and everybody else did. But, yeah, obviously she's just too busy killing to, to really have a point there. Um, I'm also going to say, like, I'm going to throw this out in the middle of nowhere so it doesn't spoil any 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 spoilers at the end of the movie but by the end of this movie somebody is going to run off camera and an explosion's going to go and they're going to come back with their head on fire <laughs> that was my next one i got on my list too man oh my god i'm so sorry that i stole that from <laughs> no, you no 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 no. that's perfect go with it no it, i mean like i didn't want to give away who it was right because it's it's, it's so awesome. great it's awesome <laughs> she runs off she goes back oh it's a she but like <laughs> It, it, her face is all black and her hair's on fire. Oh my god! It's it, and it's it's so good. Yeah, it's great. So it I, was, let me also she, warn people out there who are getting like who are good about getting you know Blu-rays and and really high quality versions. There is no high quality version of Mean Guns out there. It's going to be grainy. It's going to be overexposed. Uh, it's it's going to be crappy looking. It's in and it's in three point four aspect ratio. It's not you know like letterbox. Right. And I think some people got cut off of scenes because of that. And it was filmed that way. (laughs) But still, man, just, man, it's worth eight bucks to own it. It's worth three bucks just to check it out. Yeah, it is, man. All right. So I think that's a great one. And like I said, that's what I had next. But my next one on top of that, you were talking about how bad D is a while ago. She's got a scene where she slides down a stair banister and she's shooting back up at people. It's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. It's a cool scene. She's wearing some leather pants. I remember watching it going, man, how are you going to slide down a banister with leather pants? <laughs> That's talent but right there, man. Ma- maybe they're not leather. Maybe crap. they're just like, maybe they're just polyester, like shiny polyester or something. Because they slid pretty fine. And you can't fake yeah, that she stuff. she had no problem. Right. Yeah. I didn't maybe see a napkin that, between know. her and the banister or anything. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but yeah, I mean, she's, she's, you know, facing back, sliding down and just shooting back up the staircase. It, it's... It's, it's got some cool scenes like that in this movie, and she's she's a bad little number, man. She's she's a killer for sure. I, I can tell that 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 you were quite smitten with her, but there's no reason not to be. She's um she's tough. Like in that first yeah. scene that we were talking about with the baseball bats and the guns, like near the end of that, she ends up tangling with somebody who who hits her, and then she does this this like real abrupt leg sweep where she kicks the back of his leg yeah. and sends him sprawling and it just really looks good like all of her fight scenes like she's like the Terminator she just kind of yeah. stands in one place and people come at her and then she delivers these real quick blows or, or like she shoots them and yeah she's she's uh, cold hearted tough and I and I kind of love her that's the thing about her is she, she means business she's there to make it out and uh, so you got some that are there that are having fun with it Crystal Lam- Lambert is just an absolute cuckoo nut in this one, man. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 
every time he shoots somebody, he, he's happy <laughs> or strangling somebody or something. She's in there and she's, you know, got a goal and that is to get out. So she's a bit more serious. But uh, yeah. it just adds to that whole combination of everybody being in there together. Well, and there's the whole morality of killers and, and the uh, honor among thieves um, threads that go through this. But let's not get let's not get bogged down with, with the, the lofty speeches and, and all the, oh, the first time I killed a man stuff. Because that's not what you're there for. You're there because a bunch of criminals went to a prison and they have six hours to kill each other down to three to collect $10 million and they're thrown empty guns with bullets and baseball bats and that's how it all starts that's why you're watching this movie yeah absolutely and and it just rolls from there uh like i said to me you could you could take a bit of this movie out in in sections but overall the action in it i think keeps it moving along really really well it's just got a lot of dialogue and again it's that that's that tarantino kind of feel that they were going for kind of reservoir dog-ish and uh but Still, and, it, it's a fun it's a fun movie for the budget they had to make. They made it for ten million, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it I think it's a lot of fun. Well, and, and I read you know this is a common thing with with these movies by Albert Pune. I read that uh, Christopher Lambert shot all of his scenes in two days because that was all he had to dedicate to this thing. And all of of this guy's movies, I went and looked them up. They are all, you know, like that, where Mario Van Peebles was in this movie, but he could only shoot for one day, so they had to get them all in one place. And, you know, uh, and again, it's, it's going to show my, my film <laughs> butt on this, but I'm going to say, you, you talk about Stanley Kubrick being a genius, right? I, I'm not a huge Stanley Kubrick fan, and one of the reasons is because he films his movies in sequence. Like, well, we're going to do this scene, and then we're going to do this scene, we're going to do it all in sequence, we're not going to do all the scenes that we do in this room all at once, you know. And, you know, you might say that's part of the genius, but if Albert Pune did that, he wouldn't have the money. He wouldn't have the resources. He wouldn't have the actors. He has to go, oh, how many scenes do we need to do in this in this room? Let's do them all right now. How many days do we have this actor? Let's do that. That's a director working. And maybe Albert so, Pune movies don't don't get the, the accolades that, that Stanley Kubrick movies do, but he also has to work hard to make these movies as good as they are. Right. Just, well, just saying. And that... That kind of puts you in a weird spot because that puts you right in between Stanley Kubrick and Roger Corman, because <laughs> that's your two extremes on the other sides of this. Right. This guy's kind. This guy's closer to the Corman era, sure. As far as being able to get everything you can out of what you got, but you know, yeah, you have to hand it to him. The guy can go in there and, and get these kind of performances out of people and just piece it together. I think I think it works out great. I've got one more reason to watch this movie and then I'm out. And that's at the end when it comes down to the people that are surviving which we don't want to reveal who's who. But let's just say that Ice-T shows up. <laughs> and so the reason because I said you get this mambo music going on the whole time but <laughs> the last reason I have to watch this movie is to hear Ice-T sing mambo mambo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mambo. Mambo. <laughs> I am an asshole, but everybody in here understands how these things work. I she wouldn't have made it this far. <laughs> so obviously he wasn't hearing the music when he was singing that, and they yeah. just tried to piece it. Or together. he was, or he was trying to like ham it up extra. I, yeah, I agree. I almost took that same one. Um, 
I've got I've got two more things to say about the movie, and then uh, again I'm out. I mean, okay. On top of the plea, just go check this movie out. It's on Amazon. I bought it for eight dollars. You don't have to, to to spend your hard-earned money. You know, you could you could go for three, but it doesn't exist anywhere for free that I could find. Um, and that's okay. I gave a little money to the Albert Pune Foundation. Um, what I'm going to say is that at the one-hour mark, you know, five hours into this thing, it's still anybody's game for the characters oh, yeah. you've met. You know, like yeah. like they do a really good job of having a lot of people get killed, but. The people you end up liking, the people you're following, they still could win this with yeah. the end in sight. Right. And and that's a really well-crafted thing. You know, like, they could have easily had you, like, like along the way, had some of the characters you like get killed to kind of keep the, the the potency of the of, of the challenge up. But they really didn't. They have some characters in there that you know by name that you don't care if they get killed. And then you have, you know, the, the main characters, and they're all still alive and kicking uh, really close to the end. And it could be anybody's game at that point. And I really yeah. like that fact. The second oh, yeah. thing was was that there's a dedication at the end um, mm-hmm. to uh, Stephen J. Friedman. And uh, I was like, well, you know, who's that? So I looked at him up, and uh, Stephen J. Friedman uh, pioneered the production of independent films in Hollywood. I thought that was kind of cool. It was like, hey, and you know, this goes out to the Ed Woods of the world, you know, trying to make right. your own movie without somebody else's dollar, yeah. and to get this stuff done. So, you know, that was kind of cool. It's a cheap movie. Probably went direct to video. I don't know. I don't remember it coming out in theaters or anything. But uh, you know, Christopher Lambert had that run where he had all those movies coming out. Ice T was kind of hitting some high points at this time too. So anybody could sit back on a Saturday afternoon and throw this in and enjoy it. It's got it's got enough stuff for everybody. It's got some over-the-top, ridiculous acting. But again, I think you can tell they're really having a good time making this movie. So, yeah, I say check but, it out. And I don't know if, if people do this anymore, but I know I always used to love to say, oh, man, you've never seen this movie, <laughs> and you know, and, and show something to somebody. Because it, nowadays it's almost like people want to watch what they already know. But, like, right. this isn't breaking any ground, but it's a fun movie, and nobody's seen it. So, you know, here you go. Here's yeah. something that, you know, you, you may be able to wow your friends and impress your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> something like that. That's going to bring us right up to... Rating time, time. Rating time. We haven't mentioned it at all in this movie, but I'm going to give this movie 20 platinum teeth. Oh! <laughs> Is that what you had? I like your silver teeth. They're platinum. It's platinum. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like when you when you got to rating time, that's that's what immediately came to mind. Well done. I'm gonna give it five crates of bullets with baseball bats. <laughs> yeah, all mixed in, just dumped on your head. <laughs> I give you, I give it 28 bad hair guys. <laughs> bad hair guy. Uh, that streamer. shows up, shows up like five times in the movie. Like you said, it's like that same guy over and over. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of guys with hats, sunglasses, and beards, yep. and, and long hair. It would have like, been really cool if they all had vampire teeth. <laughs> that's, the, that's the twist, is that everybody except for one character is a vampire. Brian Blessed, what do you think of Mean Guns? But there's no way I can help a man who's dead. Oh, but you can, Brian Blessed. You can. Because maybe they're not really yeah. dead. Yeah, maybe they got shot in their Zippo lighter, and so <laughs> right. the bullet didn't go so, through. 
Right. So there's a lot of stuff we're not revealing in this in this podcast. So you go check the movie out for yourself, people. That's why we do this. We want you to watch these movies. Go check it out. We'll be right back after this. Hi there, folks. This is Jasper Chitty, the Chitty Triggy Bang Bang Gun Shop, with a question for you. Are you tired of not having the right gun at the right time? Well, of course you are. You're in an unopened prison surrounded by 20 to 30 of the worst killers alive today. Prison will open in about six hours. You and the others there have all betrayed the syndicate. The heads of the syndicate realize this and want you to fight to the death, and you do not have your gun. Hey, we have all been there. Sure, they drop a bunch of guns from the rafters along with a bunch of ammo, but what gun goes with what bullet? Well, think no more, my friends, because you'll be ready for anything with the Vincent Moon Hand Cannon. This oversized revolver holds six of the largest bullets you've ever seen, easily distinguishable between any other ammo, and surprisingly quick to load. So don't delay. Get six times the stopping power at six times the size at six times the price at Jasper Chitty's Chitty Tree Bang Bang Gun Shop today. When a lethal crime boss Lavender body wash make my pores tingle brings the most dangerous hitmen Me in a jail filled with rejects from the communicable disease ward to a new church the day before opening there will be hell to pay Ice Cube Danny DeVito Ron Silver and Fran Drescher in Mean Guns 2 Mean Nuns I want to love like the love in the notebook the one that split the sky, man WCKN The Chicken is proud to bring you America's hottest new game show, Mean Guns. We gathered the greatest contestants from around the country to discover who is the best killer in here. Step up and claim your prize. The prize is $10 million cash. So what are the rules? Just like life, survival of the fittest. It's got to show and prove now. To win, you eliminate the competition. All competition, except three. We're about to find out who the coldest three mother in this building is. You best believe that shit. This is not your ordinary game show where you just answer questions. Question. What the hell are you talking about, man? That's Mean Guns, weeknights at 7, followed by the Hail Ming Power Hour. Yeah, what if we don't want to play? Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us. Another fun-filled episode. Hope you enjoyed it. We did. Again, we love going back and checking these old movies out. It's amazing, even for us, sometimes to go back and check these out and things that we forgot that were in there. I mean, obviously, there's things that stand out that make you want to check it out again. But you forget about all the other hidden gems like vampire teeth and things like that that stands out. That makes these things absolutely fun that you have to tell people about. I mean, it's every bit as fun as Ninja 3 The Domination. You know, and I'm not saying that with any dispersions. I I love Ninja 3 The Domination. But you could probably show somebody the intro of either one of these movies, and they're hooked, you know? I'm just going to say, there's not a lot of love out there for Mean Guns. And I understand why. It was low budget. It's got B-movie actors. The director is somebody who who cranks out kind of substandard movie fare. But I love it. And if you give it a shot, I bet you know you can turn off your brain for an hour and a half and just really get to where you love it too. 
actually it's an hour and 50 minutes which is a problem that i had i thought it was a little long you could have cut about 10 minutes out of it and or maybe even 20 that makes it a good it party be- movie it makes it a good party movie everybody <laughs> you know the people on the screen start to talk about you know uh the the time they were a kid and they chopped down a tree and their dad told them never to shoot a mockingbird you know but when they start that stuff you just you just start socializing with your friends and then you know christopher lambert is going to start uh fighting somebody with a baseball bat in a in a ping pong studio and and you're going to go wait hold on a second what's going on now well he's still wearing a long trench coat and he's fighting with a sword or a a ball bat like a sword is like it's like highlander all over again (laughs) that is a reason that we probably should have said is that there's like a racquetball court that they fall into and uh, christopher lambert has a has a sword fight with baseball bats with a guy. Yeah, uh, but you know well, what? Wearing a trench coat. <laughs> how could you? How could you not expect that? Right. The only thing that throws it off is his blonde hairdo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so weird. Not not yeah. not the character Lou that he's playing. Like Christopher Lambert is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to stay relevant, man. That's what you got to do. All right, man. Again, I, I think we both said enough. You need to check this one out. If 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 it wasn't on the show, we wouldn't tell you to go check it out. So you know, we try to we try to scan these beforehand and make sure that they're worthy of being on the show to tell you about them. So I definitely think you should. Danny absolutely loves the movie. My love's not as great, but I do really like like it and enjoy it. It's going to be fun to revisit time and time again. Don't forget to check out our Facebook pages, our Twitter account, our Instagram account. Uh, we're popping up everywhere, folks. Just appreciate you guys listening to us. If you got any comments, any hellos, or you just want a, a cool group to hang out with, just come hang out with us in the Facebook group, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and make sure that you give a, give a shout out to uh, Legion Podcast. You give them a, a troll and check out and see if there's any shows on there that you really want to see or yep. hear. You really can't lots see of great them. shows on there. Yeah, you can't see them. You you can you can visualize. <laughs> Uh, you can visualize Gary Hill. How about that? <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks, that's it for us. We're going to get on out of here. I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. And we will see you next time go around. Au revoir. <laughs> Hello, everybody. When a man and another man, and a woman and another woman, who are criminals, all end up in prison. But the prison's not open, and then there are two other guys, and they have a woman with them too, and they're all there because of a crime boss who's trying to run the most dangerous game. Well, you might be caught in mean guns, and if you're caught in mean guns, then remember one thing, only the meanest gun will prevail, and to prevail means to live. So make sure you've got the meanest gun on your side. Do you have the meanest gun? Think about that, and always remember, Actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night, everybody. Members of the audience will receive the following. Classic Curves by Dittos. The Pants for Feel Good Company. A gift certificate from Maru-Chan Ramen Noodles. Rice-a-roni. All guests receive a copy of the El Ming Home Game. Thanks to the creative minds and special appearances of Mark Allison, Jeremy Finch, and Jacob Kennedy. 
Hell Being is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. Check out all the great shows at legionpodcast.com. Hell Being is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Legion Podcast. This is Dan Pardo saying good night.